1: Don't worry, it's not a bad edit of today's podcast. This is uh, a pre podcast to the main show. That's coming up in a minute. We need you to settle an argument. Who is the most popular fight disciple? Serious. We've <laughs> been having a little bit of a chat about this in our off season. We've been having a drink, we've been having a little bit of back and forth, and we've come up with an argument as to who is the most popular fight disciple after the last eight years of churning out this content for you free. Day by day, week by week, in the world of boxing and in the world of MMA, we want to know. We want you to settle it because he genuinely thinks it's him. He genuinely <laughs> thinks that out of the three of us, and remember there's three of us, there's me, him, and Mike. <laughs> you can't see on camera right now. Yeah, Nick Pete genuinely believes he is the most popular fight disciple by some country man. And we've come up with an idea of how this can either be proved or disproved.
0: <laughs> we
1: get messages on a regular basis from you saying that. We'd love to get out on the air with you. We'd love to buy you a beer. All right. Now's the time to put your money where your mouth is. We're going to set up a link on our website. We're going to put it all over our social medias. All you've got to do is click that link. That link will give you the opportunity to genuinely buy us a beer. Get but the in. You've got a choice here. You can either buy one beer and be a stingy bastard and just buy it for one of us. Or you can buy two beers, you can buy it for both of us, or you can buy it for all three of the five Disciples, Mike, our producer included. It is completely up to you. We're going to run this throughout the whole of Advent. Now, obviously, through that month of December, as we build up towards Christmas, and we're just asking you to get the alien. It's your round, man. Come on. So the link will be on our X, or Twitter, as it used to be called. It'll be all of our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You can head to that. It's dead simple. You can pay via Apple Pay or via PayPal. That's it. That's it. You just click the link. It'll come up. Buy the lads of beer. You can either buy one beer, two beers, three beers. You can even buy, that, buy more beers if you want. If you want to show your total appreciation for the free content that comes your way. Just settle the argument because in there's a box there, a message section. So if you're only buying one beer, you can say who you're buying that beer for. All right? Settle the argument because he's a smug fucker and he genuinely believes <laughs> that this whole ship sinks. We him,
0: right? <laughs> Let me tell you now, yeah, there are housewives around the world currently scrambling for their mobile phones to register their vote in favour of the Housewives favourites. That's a fact. Let me just make this clear, though, as well. This is not a Patreon. This is not a must-do. This is no. not a sign-up. It's you an don't ego, Trist. It's get an ego, trip. It's pure it. ego. This is pure ego. But also, it's the fact that every event we go to, when we see people at ringside and side, and... Fight Disciples, and we're gabbing to them in corridors and getting in and out of taxis and everything else, you always say the same thing. Where are we having a beer later? And one day, we will have a mass gathering, a live show, a big beer we we come together. But in the meantime, settle the bet. Jump on. There's a comment section when you get to leave a beer as well. So get the ale in. Let the world know who the number one Fight Disciple is. And if Norman wins, I'm going to be fuming.
1: That's
0: it. If Norman wins, I, Norman Price wins this, I'm going to be fuming. let so there you go.
1: Without Norman Price, our producer. You wouldn't see this. You wouldn't see any of this nonsense. So maybe just buy him an ale and fuck us two off. Anyway, (laughs) the link will be on our X Twitter, as it's referred to. It'll be on our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You won't be able to miss it because we're going to be plastering it everywhere for the next four (laughs) weeks. And this little video will be on the start of every single podcast. You'll be sick to the sight of it. So make sure you click the link by someone or all of us a beer and settle the argument, right? Exactly. Let's get, the get on with in the, the mince bags. <laughs> Let's get on with the free stuff. It's today's podcast. This this, 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 this is is
0: is Fight Disciples.
1: Welcome to podcast episode number eight hundred and eighteen. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Bit of stuff going on in the UFC over in Las Vegas. And we've also got a big card for the PFL in Dublin. We're going to get through all of that on this show. Uh, Don't make it just a one-hitter quitter. Make sure you keep coming back because we're going to be building up nicely next week towards UFC 296. You can do it if you just want to listen. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Loads of audio feeds available there, including Spotify. And uh, we are in vision, so you can watch this on YouTube. And I uh, advise you to subscribe to our YouTube channel because on there next week, courtesy of a new sponsor coming our way, there will be an opportunity uh, to win some goodies for Christmas. That's all I'll say on that. And it's not tax, not rubbish. It's not stuff that we've just found in a bin. No, proper stuff uh, that you could actually pass off that you've actually purchased for someone for Christmas, all right? (laughs) If that's uh, the way that you are inclined. So make sure you subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Just
0: on that note, what's the best thing you've ever found in a bin? Eh? You said it. We haven't found her in a bin. What's the best thing you've ever found in a bin? Slash skip.
1: Ooh. This sounds like one of them really shit morning breakfast shows that are in, like, some weird part of the country <laughs> coming up to Christmas. Hey, guys. You'll never guess what I found in the bin yesterday. Ring in now. Let us know what the best oh, thing you found. 3717. Give us a ring now. Yeah, exactly. What's the best thing you found in the bin?
0: Ah, <laughs> it's uh, it's Dave from Doncaster, and uh, I once found a,
1: a pair of teeth, and fully enough they fit my mouth. <laughs> so got them <to> now. Look. <laughs> Oh mega, fuck it all. What's the best thing you found in a bin? In mm-hmm. fact, do that. Leave your comments. What's the best thing you found, in, best a bin? Thing you found in a bin? thing? Oh yeah. uh, good, man. Um <coughs> we're gonna do uh UFC first. I want to finish with the PfL, if that's all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, you
1: can't you can't skip over Mr. Yadong. Yadong. Song the Best Yudong. name in M A MMA. I do find this a bit of a weird one, uh for Song Yadong. Uh, why he's taking on Chris Gutierrez, who has just burst into the rankings and uh in the Bantamweight division. I think he's floating around fourteen or fifteen, isn't his Gutierrez. Uh whereas well, Sonja dong has been on the verge of that top five for a bit. Um and he's taking uh, a fight with Chris Gutierrez. Um mm-hmm. I thought Song last time out he had a nice he had a well he had a really good bounce back didn't he against, <coughs> against Ricky Simon. Are you are you feeling the are you feeling the uh, season there, son? Are you all right Were you a little cut. Have you, have you got a little you, bit
0: of something on your chest? Everyone in a,
1: everyone in our
0: house has been run down at the moment. I need a little bit of desert sunshine on my chest there to be uh, right. just it's turn something... me around next week. Oh, is
1: that what it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. <coughs> a, little, uh, a little bit of a Vegas trip. Uh, yeah, I thought he was good against Ricky Simon um, on his bounce back. Uh, that yep. happened in April, uh, a little earlier on this year. And Gutierrez, of course, uh, this is a man that we all became familiar with after he ended... Uh, Frankie Edgar's career, 40 in October. Nice little quick turnaround for him. I actually had a little bit of a look to see if it was one of those last minute replacement situations. It's not. It was uh fight nope. like that's just been booked. Five rounds, main event. Apex, Song Don, Chris Gutierrez. What an opportunity for Gutierrez. He could absolutely finish the year with a win here on the verge of the top five of the Bantamweight division.
0: Yeah. And if you look at his run of form, he deserves it as well. You know, he's, got, he's had one loss in about 10 fights, and that was against Pedro Munoz, who was a highly ranked fighter at the time. So um, he deserves this opportunity. I don't know whether he's... Has he ever been a main event before? So it's a little bit of a box ticket for Chris Gutierrez. I don't think he has. Apologies if he has. But Songy Dong is now in that zone as being an apex main event fighter. Um, but pressure's on him a little bit. You know, he, he can't always be looking for looking up. You, every now and again, you've got to fend off what's coming from below as well. And that's what this feels like. It's an opportunity for Chris Martinez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, mate. Just the way that you said that just took my brain to a different place. Sometimes you just gotta fend off what's coming in from below.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get back, you bastard! Get uh, off. <laughs> proper Ron Jeremy, Mason to you. Yeah. Anyway, go on, carry on, Yeah, I just think it's it's Song Dong's. He's in a position now to go, listen, I've worked hard to get where I am. I'm fending this off. I'm retaining my spot as a main eventer. But it's also Chris Gutierrez's opportunity to come in and go, you know what, kid? I, I've This has been denied for me for too long. I've been waiting for this opportunity. He was having a quick look down. Yeah, he definitely hasn't been a, a main eventer before in the UFC. Even though, since he's come into the UFC, he lost on his debut against Ronnie Barsha, Lost No shame in that. He's an established veteran. And again, he had those 10 wins or 10 went undefeated in 10 fights before he took on Pedro Munoz. This is what he's been waiting for. I give it to you now. Can Chris Gutierrez deliver on it? I'm a massive Songy Dong fan. He's been on a real journey to, to realise his full potential. He's had to suffer some tough fights along the way, some losses. But you know, it's one thing losing to 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 uh, Chris uh, Cody Sandagen. Punctuate either side of that, you've got good wins over the likes of Casey Kenny, over the likes of Marlon Moraes, over the likes of Ricky Simone, as you've just pointed out. He's here, Song Yudong. He's right there. He's got one job to do. Defeat the guy coming up, and then he can continue looking forward then and go, okay, UFC, I'm seven. If I win this fight, I ain't going any higher. But after this, I will need a top five guy again.
1: Mm. That's your main event. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm more fascinated with the co-main event. No, the, no disrespect to Song Yudong, Chris Gutierrez. I think it, I it would be a good fight. I really do. Um, but Anthony Smith versus Khalil Roundtree <laughs> is, is mind-blowing for me. Obviously, we know Anthony relatively well. We've done bits and bats content-wise with him, obviously, through uh, Bispin and their podcast together. Anthony Smith stepping in last minute to take on uh, Khalil Roundtree. Now, you look at the ranking system, and it makes an awful amount of sense. 8, 11, yeah, Sam, get it completely. But I would have thought that Anthony would have been trying to target, you know, your 7s, 6s, 5s, those types of characters in order to propel him back towards the top of the light heavyweight tree because there is a bit of a flux at the moment with Justin Pereira, do what he's done against Prochacke. You know that you've got other fighters in there that have obviously got big ambitions. Since John Jones cleared off from this division, it is a bit all over the place. And your number eight could comfortably be your number five. I'm not just saying... Everybody could beat everybody in this division because it's so competitive. So I'm a a little bit of the ilk. What's in this for Anthony Smith? Bear in mind, he's a last-minute replacement. He put his hand up for this. He's volunteered himself for this. Uh, Azamat Merkazanov was the fighter that was supposed to be taking on Khalil Roundtree. Um, Last week it was, wasn't it? They were supposed to be on the Austin card. It fell off. And then they've pushed this now to the core main of this this week at the apex. Mm-hmm. Anthony, uh, he had two losses on the spin. Then he got that decision against Span in August. I'm just interested to—I haven't spoken to him, so I'm interested to know what his mindset is of going. Yeah, go on then. I'll jump in on this short notice, especially when you know he's—he's he's been living a normal life. It's not like he's been trading for a fight whereas Khalil Rountree will have been for last week yeah so I think it's a listen we're, we're going to find out Saturday aren't we but it's it's an interesting move from Anthony to stick his hand up and say that yes I'll do it yeah at this stage of his career as well
0: yeah I think I think he he looks at Khalil Rountree and maybe sees opportunities maybe he's always fancied Khalil Rountry as an opponent so he thinks you know what <clears throat> I've got far too much for him. I'm far too experienced. I've got a much broader skill set. And if that fight ever comes around, I'll jump at it. And when Khalil's opponent fell off, maybe Anthony's been first on the phone to go get me out champ. Also, listen, Anthony's also on a stage in his career now where he has been around an awful long time. He has got other opportunities, both with television and with this podcast. has other revenue drivers where maybe he said to his missus, you know what, <clears throat> just give me 12 months, give me 12 months to really push. So he's in a position where maybe he's rang the UFC and said, Listen, I'm gonna jack at the end of 2024. I'm gonna jack in the summer of 2024, whatever it might be. Anything comes up at light heavyweight, I'm your guy. Just ring me straight away. I always jump in. I'm gonna try and stay on weight, I'm gonna try and float around it.
1: But anything do you that think that's the case? No, knowing him as you do, do you think that's the case? I think he's still all in, mate. I really do think he's still all in. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like, okay,
0: I need to, I've just got a win. I'm back in the win column. I wanna stay busy. I You know, I'm at the stage of my career where it's clicked now. The mentality might be, I've clicked it now. Right, okay. That training camp was perfect. My mentality was perfect. I put it all right. I know where I'm going now. And I know I've got the ability to become light heavyweight champion. Right, UFC. Keep me busy, kids. Keep me busy. I'll do anyone, anywhere, anytime, as long as they're ranked to get me to where I want to be. To get me to that promised land. Maybe that was the conversation. Whatever it is. Anthony Smith has put his hand up deservedly, you know, deliberately here. Whereas last week, the Jalen Turner thing, Jalen was like, they forced me to forced, take this fight. Yeah, yeah. But it worked out brilliant for him because he's just ice Bobby yeah. Real and stopped his re- Indian summer. So, but I haven't heard Anthony Smith say they forced me to take this no. fight. Anthony Smith has gone, I'll have it. Put me in. Sound. We'll move it back, give you an extra week, make sure you make weight. Perfect. Happy days. So I think it's a really interesting fight. I like Khalil Roundtree. I've always liked Khalil Rountree. He's got one of the best backstories in all of MMA, the whole, you know, I was 350 pounds, smoking 100 cigarettes a day, yeah. drinking every night, on tour with boys to men, getting laughed at when we watched the UFC, going, I could do that, and then Jack that entire life to move to Vegas to train with Vandalay Silva, to chase a dream of becoming an MMA fighter, then to establish yourself as a contender in the UFC. Hats off to you, kid. What an amazing, amazing story. And if he were to one day go on and become... UFC champion by Hook or by Crook. What a fucking Hollywood story that would be. But I do like this fight for Anthony Smith. I do think he's you, technically oh. a little bit a little bit more tick, tick, tick. He takes more boxes in more departments than Khalil Rountree does. I, I
1: listen, I completely agree. If this is the deck, I would say that this is Anthony Smith's world, right? <clears throat> even on even on short notice, I would say that. But Khalil's won his last four. Now he's not active enough for me. He, he, he fights like once a year, doesn't he? I think this is the first time that he's fought twice in a year. I fucking hell, I can't even remember, mate. Four or five years, maybe, something like that. Um, he had a great win in August against Daukus. That straight left, down the pipe, bang, was absolutely beautiful. Things with him seem to have clicked. This is why I think it's yeah. da- a dangerous fight. With Khalil, it seems to have clicked. He's, you know, I know he, he had fights booked earlier on in... 2023, they didn't materialize. He got the Daukas fight. He got the great win against Daukas. And this, I thought the Muzikano fight was a dangerous fight for him. Interesting matchup. But for him now to get Anthony Smith, he's tails up, man. He's going to be like, whoa, hang on a minute. I've been calling for a top tenner. That's what I've been calling for. I've been wanting that for a bit. I've got one now. A former world title challenger, Anthony Smith. I mean, we're talking a big profile fighter here, Anthony Smith. If I beat Anthony Smith, I'll take his ranking of eight. Then I can legitimately shout for a top fiver. That's what I can legitimately shout for. And then all of a sudden, Khalil Roundtree is in the title conversation for 2024. This, Like I said, I think it's really, I don't see, I don't know what the win is for Anthony. If Anthony wins, it's kind of, well, Anthony was supposed to win. What's the bonus for him? For Khalil, if Khalil wins, it's like going, whoa, fucking hell, hang on a minute. You're a player. You're just beating Anthony Smith. And there's not
0: many at the top of that light heavyweight division that can go. I've won five in the spin, and to and to me to win it, he probably has got to knock Anthony out so we can go. Who else at light heavyweight has won his last five? Yeah, four by stoppage
1: and beating a former world champion uh, uh, title challenger like that.
0: Exactly, exactly. And there's there's boogeymen on his record as well. You know, there's there's people like Eric Anders and Bukaskas and Paul Craig. Who have got big wins elsewhere, little boogeymen of this division called Robertson that people like to avoid a little bit. <clears throat> they are included on Khalil's run as well. They don't include on include not not Paul Craig wasn't one of the last four that he won. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is they're on his resume. So I think you're right. I think it's I think when Khalil's opponent dropped out and they said Anthony Smith pulled his hand up, I think he was like fucking sound even better. Yeah. But I just think Anthony has taken this knowing. I see something. Would it suit? Put it this way. Would it be more would it be better for Anthony Smith if this was the main event? A five-rounder? I think it would.
1: Yeah. Listen, he is Elite. He can navigate this. He navigates he navigates the situation on the feet. He gets it close. You would favor Anthony Smith to get a sub here or something. That's what you would favor. But don't back, like Khalil from that Southpaw stance, letting that backhand, that left hand go, bang, man. He showed that he's got some serious power knocking out Dawkus in, in in August. Yeah. So, like I said, I think this is a really intriguing fight. Like, that's why I said I'm so intrigued with it. Obviously, we've got personal interest because, you know, we, we've hung out, we, answered, we, we know him. He's, he's a top bloke. But what's in it for him, I don't know. I can see what's in it for Khalil. And he'll be mm-hmm. fucking coming, man. He'll be coming big time. Big that's a big fight.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to... both guys, as well, have also navigated uh the apex behind closed doors. You know what I mean? They've done it before, they've they have they have smelt what that's like. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. See how uh, see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, your boy Jamie is back. <laughs> Can't stay away, can he? Cool, uh you. uh Nazarat Hack Both of these guys won the same card in September, both got victories there. They were both scheduled, if you remember, right at the start of the year. I think it was Feb that they were scheduled to fight each other. It fell off. Uh, I think it was uh, Haik Pras who, I think he got injured and he pulled out and then he ended up getting a different fight and it all went a different way. But I'm glad that they've actually brought them back together because I was, I'm was i intrigued by it. Strikers Paradise, man. If you like people that whack each other, hike Pras versus Malarkey should live up to your expectations <laughs> over a 15-minute period on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, it's a really good bit of matchmaking. I can see now why the matchmakers have tried to make this fight on more than one occasion in the past, because neither of them are going to be looking for takedowns. Both of them are going to be looking to land heavy shots. Big kickboxing, big tieboxing elements, obviously, from Malarkey. Seriously heavy hands from Nasrat as well. As you say, striker's paradise. How can it not live up to expectation? This is probably most people's tip as a performance bonus, but it could even go as far as to be in a fight of the night.
1: Yeah, right up there, man. Uh, Tim Elliott. <laughs> You're a fucking lunatic, mate. You're fucking lunatic. Um, yes, Tim Elliott is back out. We obviously saw him push Mohamed mohayev all the way, and he was moments away from probably getting himself a points decision victory of uh, Mohamed Mokheyev until Mohamed more- <laughs> Went Ma- through the gears <laughs> and what Ma- more Ma- 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 did came from behind and managed to get himself a submission victory uh, against Tim Elliott. It's not put Tim Elliott off uh, because uh, Alan Nascimento uh, pulled out of a fight with his uh, with Sumiderji uh, and who put his hand up very similar to what we've just been speaking about with Anthony Smith. Yep, yeah, Tim Elliott goes. Go on then. I'll have a rock and roll with Sumiderji, another top contender, but. It's kind of it kind of works a little bit this for Tim Elliott because Sumiderji hasn't got a win on his resume since January 2021. I know he's been very inactive. Uh, there's a defeat uh, along that way uh, uh, as well. So Tim Elliott, he's you know all right. He's fresh. He's coming off a defeat, but he's coming off a defeat in a fight that he was winning. You know, so the form's there. He's 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 technically a very very good fighter. It makes I can see the sense for this for Tim because he's coming off a loss. He wants to end the year in a positive. It's against the guy that a lot of people know about who isn't in the best of form. It yeah. works for Tim to stick his hand up here as opposed to me questioning, does it work for Anthony to put his hand up? We'll only find out Saturday for Anthony. I think this works for Tim to try and get back on the horse.
0: Yeah, it does. It suits him and I think he's got a lot more experience and he's got the skill set absolutely to get past the Tibetan Eagle. However, this fight is—they're both flyweights—but this fight's actually at bantamweight, which because obviously I'm guessing that it because make the it, it got yeah. put together late notice and yeah, yeah. and Tim potentially can't make the weight. So they've been um, put together
1: this week, man. I think it got put together on Monday or something.
0: But but Tim as a former—you know—he was he was in the tough flyweight tournaments and everything else. He's in a he's an established top contender in the flyweight division. Um, whereas if you look at the Tibetan eagle because i can't say majeri <laughs> he is a big boy that fights his way down to flyweight, whereas mm. tim's going to turn up a flyweight not in not cutting. what you would say 8 10 week camp fitness whereas majeri's basically gone i've done a camp i'm ready to go oh sound you don't i don't have to cut weight fight week brilliant bring it on He's going to be a couple of inches taller because he's a big dude, Mugieri. He's big, He's a big, tall, long flyweight. And I think that could work against Tim Elliott a little bit here. Tim's just got to get it down and dirty, use his experience, take this fight where he needs to take this fight. Yeah. And for Majeri, he's got to keep it long. He's got to do his thing. And he's got to show that a, bit, a good big guy beats a good little guy because he has got that size advantage. So the fact that it's a Bantam weight, I think, could be critical for me.
1: Yeah. Uh we saw Andre Muniz. I tell you, there's a lot of quick there's a lot of quick turnarounds actually on this card, isn't there? Uh Andre Muniz. Uh he lost his last two on the spin to elite grapplers. Yeah. So what have they done? Stuck him back in with an elite grappler. <laughs> Fucking tight bastards. That's uh good. because uh Park But he, he's uh, a grappler though, isn't he? He's a grappler himself. He's yeah, 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 he's blackback, yeah, uh, yeah. Um so he's up against Park, who's on the back of three rear naked choke victories. Park actually is a decent striker as well, man. He's he's yeah. underestimated in this division. He's, he's a very, very tidy fighter. Um, so again, from a matchup point of view, it makes an awful lot of sense uh, to put Park and uh, Moonies, uh together here again. Uh, Park at uh, Mooney's looking to uh, overturn the skid that he's currently on against elite grapplers, uh, and Parks looking to continue that uh, great momentum against a, 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 a decent, solid, established name uh, in the in the division. Yeah, uh,
0: listen, <coughs> Parks like seven and one in a, in his recent UFC finishes going on there, man. So I mean, great, unbelievable. And the only loss he's got on there is, is against Robocop against Gregory Rodriguez, who, oh. as we know, has got the ability to switch anybody out in the middleweight division. So it's a real he's in real fine form at the moment. You know, that Korean top team setup that he's got going on is making real waves, and he's kind of like the the, the pinnacle of it. He is at the forefront of this new generation of Korean fighters in the UFC. But the wins he's had, with all due respect, Gregory Rodriguez is the standout name in that list of his last seven or eight opponents. Yeah. I feel like with André Muniz, he's returning back to an established name, yeah. not necessarily a top-ranked guy, but an established name, and can Park keep it going against somebody of the calibre of André Muniz? Is this the best time to get Muniz? You would argue, absolutely, if you're Park. You're, you're in winning form and losing's a habit, and Muniz has got a habit of losing, but he's losing against top-ten top 10 opponents. He's lost against two guys there who are who are ranked in the top 10 in the middleweight division. And two absolute submission specialists. Even though he himself's a submission specialist, he's come up against guys who have just put it together that little bit better. I think in this fight, Muniz will get the opportunity to do to Park what has recently been happening to him. But if the fight starts standing, man, and if Park can pounce on him early, send his brain back to that, losing as a habit repetition. It could be a real tough opponent for Andre Muniz as well. This is what the UFC do, man. They make fucking outstanding matchups with 50-50 fights. And I feel like this is a 50-50 fight. Yeah, it is. Anything on them prelims that's uh, tickled your balls? Obviously, it's a very Asian heavy card because it was supposed to be taking a place in uh, Shanghai, wasn't it? Mm. Up until a few weeks ago and then it got switched back to the Apex. It's only it's also what is how many fights is on it? 10, 11? <clears throat> they pulled the road to UFC. Uh, Asian tough series tournaments if you like. that, The finals of that was supposed to be on this card as well but because they changed the location back to the US they decided to save that for, for no doubt an Asian card in 2024 so it is a little bit light in terms of that but yeah listen I, I, think, I think we've gone over the best bits mm-hmm. the main card is where it's at let's be honest.
1: Uh, before we move on to PFL Dublin let's talk Molly McCann she's going to be obviously in uh, Vegas next week uh, and we have seen that uh, they've announced the fight. February third is going to be the date. Uh, Miss Belbita uh, will be uh, across from her. But the interesting thing for me uh, isn't necessarily the matchup. It is one one five down to straw, man, down to straw. What do you make of it?
0: I think it's a fantastic move. It's something we have spoke about on fight disciples in the past. You know, it was a it was a bit of a running joke where Molly was like, yeah, I get to have abs for, you know, 10 seconds when I'm on them scales and then they're gone again. Well, <coughs> part of the reason for that was that she was carrying a little bit of excess weight at flyweight. She always had the ability to go down to strawweight if she was willing to put that work in. And listen, when you're a career flyweight, when you cut to flyweight, it seems impossible. Let's not forget, Molly missed weight on her UFC debut in Liverpool. Mm. at a weight, even though she had noticed because she was always tight at the weight. But that was Molly who was also trying to be a party girl as well as an athlete. What we've got now is Molly McCann, who's had some very painful defeats, albeit most recently against more than likely future title contenders. But those painful defeats, and she's like, she couldn't run away from the fact anymore that there's, a convert, there's an elephant in the room, Mol, and whether you're willing to have it is up to you. And she's willing to have that conversation now. It's taken her five years to get here, she sat down with S&C coach, who we know, Paul, and and they've gone. Listen, it can be done, but it means a lifestyle change. So I I was at the I was at Next Gen on Friday, doing some stuff with Paddy for which you'll see no doubt next week with TNT in the build up to a uh, fight with Tony Ferguson. And Molly was there, and Molly looked like fight week Molly. That's how she physically looked. She looked like she was on the show next week. By that, I mean her weight, she looked like she was about to start her cut to make flyweight next week. That's where she is. That's her life now. That's how she looks. So certain foods, drinking, all that kind of stuff has been completely kiboshed. And she's now 100% a pure athlete who is going to do it right. Otherwise, she won't make straw weight. So... They've done they've done a few tests, they they know they can do it. Molly's excited about it because for once she's gonna feel like the bigger girl inside the octagon rather than the smaller girl, which you always was a flyweight. And I think the fact that they're putting it back in with Belbita makes sense. Belbita's bad good form since losing to Molly in 2019. If you think back to that fight, yes, Molly won it on a unanimous, but Belbita had the point taken off when she I think she kept grabbing the cage or something like that. She definitely had the point taken off for repeated fouls. So there's still a conversation in there. They both come from flyweight down to strawweight. So yeah, Molly, Molly's, she really she's really excited about this move down to strawweight and, and no doubt we'll catch up with her next week and she'll tell you an awful lot more. But I'm, I'm excited as well. I think this is Molly's true weight. I've got to be honest.
1: We'll find out Feb 3rd, won't we? Sure so we'll can. catch up with her next week. She's already in Vegas, already working at the PI uh, and already obviously started that camp. Uh, for bell beater in February. Uh, one place that she won't be this weekend is uh, Dublin. Um, there's only two Nate Kellys, ladies and gentlemen. There's only two Nate Kellys. That's definitely going to be getting sung uh, around the uh, three arena uh, this weekend. There's only two <laughs> Nate Kellys. Uh, just for those that uh, might get confused with that, there are two caps <coughs> fighting on the PFL in Dublin this weekend. Both are called Nate Kelly. Both fight out the same gym. Both are Irish, of course, uh, but they do look uh, incredibly different because they're of different ages. One is a featherweight, one is a flyweight. Uh, Nate Kelly, the featherweight, is fighting Dimitri Solomis, uh, French fighter, and that is a professional bout, whereas Nate Kelly, the flyweight, is taking uh, part in, a, in an amateur clash and it will be the first fight. Uh, of the night. I've been enjoying watching a little bit of the content this week from uh, Dublin, the face offs and obviously the weigh ins and all that type of thing has been going on. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, to tuning into this on uh, on Friday night. It's going to be something incredible. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. Loads of uh, Irish fighters uh, on the card as well. Uh, the next generation of Irish fighters uh, featuring two. I love the way that the PFL have put an amateur fight on there. Uh, in order to showcase somebody that might turn pro with them maybe over the next uh, 12 months or so. Uh, but uh, I'm all in on the Dakota De Chiva train, as everybody knows that. She's here uh, attempting to be get her uh, hands on a, a version of a PFL title in the flyweight division. Um, I'm also a big fan of John Mitchell, Irish fighter, who is uh, competing in the lightweight division. Uh, and uh, there's other little bits and bats to get excited about as well, because Tom Brees mm. is here, is here, boys and girls. Where do you want to start here, man? Because this is a mad old card with some familiar names.
0: There is, yeah. And, and literally, it's all over the place, isn't it, in terms of um where to start on it. Obviously, it, the way the PFL slash Bellator is set up these days is they've got so many of these different leagues and championships and different yeah. ways of doing it. Hopefully, in 2024, moving forward, they kind of clarify it because we're used to the... We're, we're, let's be honest. We're used to the UFC. UFC is the UFC. Weight divisions a weight division. There's one champ, one weight, one division, and it's nice and clean. And the way PFL are talking about moving forward, they're still doing Bellator events and doing Bellator, PFL Europe, and PFL World Champs, and then PFL Global, and then... It sounds incredibly messy, incredibly messy. Hopefully, it sorts itself out. Hopefully, it becomes easy to follow. What you do need to know is that this weekend, the highlights in Dublin. This weekend, tomorrow, Friday night in Dublin, Three Arena. The highlights are the European finals of the tournament brackets. We're going to we're going to crown a series of PFL European champions. I don't know whether there'll be. I think there is belts actually. Yes. As well as winning a belt. Becoming European champion will automatically enter you into your tournament bracket for the million-dollar tournaments next year in your weight division. So, for instance, if Dakota was to become European flyweight champion in the women's division, next year she will go into the PFL women's flyweight million-dollar Tournament. And all these guys are the same who, who are potentially to win the European title. So there's loads of real good activity there. I'm a fan of a european title idea especially when pfl i've got so many fighters on their roster now i don't the ufc have got around somewhere between 750 and 850 signed athletes right now i'd love to know how many is now under the pfl banner mm. now they've absorbed bellator as well how many they're going to be keeping on i'd like to see an overall list and an overall rankings of now pfl affiliated fighters because there must be fucking loads of them and I'm, I'm I, again, I'm not against the European title under this brand when you've got so many fighters, but it's more what it does for next year as well. Listen, of course, I'm excited about Dakota. I really think this is a you know, not a breakout moment because she's already a super talent, but it's the catalyst towards what I think is going to be so, a massive year yeah. for the next year. Dominic Wooding's on this show as well, he's incredibly talented, really excited. Mm-hmm. Simeon Powell for me, starters' favorite, even though, uh, this you know. Jacob Nedo is a, is a talented fighter himself. Lewis McGrillen's on this card as well. Pfft, Jesus Christ. Talent, four days. But they're the future. They're the names that are new to us. They're the names that are just starting out. Throw in the mix, as you say, Tom Brees. Tom Brees has always had so much potential. With Tom, it was just more about dealing with the moment between his ears. I'm excited to see Tom back inside the cage again because since he left UFC, I know he's continued his career on smaller stages, but this is, for me, kind of a return to what I would consider a bigger stage. And I'm also excited about the icon, the Welsh legend that is Brett Johns. Because Brett, once he steps in that PFL cage at the weekend, he's completed the set, hasn't he? How many other British fighters have done UFC, Bellator, and PFL? Hmm. Has, there, has anyone done it before? Is he the first Brit to do it? He could be. I'm not across it, as I say. He may not be, but I think he could be. He could be. So, yeah, loads loads of good stuff on this PFL card. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: There'll be a few with this uh, purchase that have gone uh, UFC, Bellator, and then they'll obviously be fighting under the PFL banner next year. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, listen. I think when you look at the matchups of this, there's a lot. We've just been speaking on our boxing show, haven't we? And I encourage everybody to go and get stuck into the boxing show. Boxing's going in a good direction from a British po- uh, promoter's point of view. We're starting to get more competitive matchups further down the card. Yeah. And although this weekend we have got an undercard in Great Britain, we've got an undercard over in America, in the boxing world where you could probably predict the winners of all of the undercard by the main events, and in some cases, even the main events. Um, MMA, traditionally, as we watch it, has never really been that way, especially if you're a massive UFC fan. So if you're a huge UFC fan, you're used to 50-50 fights. You're used to, Oh, I didn't think it was going to go that way, or I have absolutely no idea how a certain fights going to play out. As I look at this particular card, the fight of the night for me is John Mitchell versus Jacob uh, Kizuba. I think that is an incredibly close matchup. That's for the European Lightweight Championship. Yeah. Uh, both really talented. Both have been super entertaining throughout the course of the road to this fight yeah. at the weekend. And I think that's tight. I think that's 50, as 50-50 as you're going to get on this particular card. You could also look at them, them Banton weights with Milambo against uh, Kakarov as well. That should be quite a tight fight too. But everything else, and this is no disrespect. In fact, the Simeon Powell fight, I actually think is quite close. Simeon yeah. Powell and Nedo, Nedo's Nedo. fight. Nedo's close. Yeah, Dakota achievers is a freak. And I mean that in a really, really good way. She is sensational. So therefore, anybody that you put in with her at this stage and at this level, I think she's always going to be a massive favourite. So on paper, I look at that and I think the Coached Achiever is going to come through Valentina uh, Scatizzi and she will be class European champion. I even think that I could probably go as far as to say is that the Di Chiba will probably win the flyweight tournament next year, the international one. That's how good I think that kid is, all right? Mm-hmm. You look at the rest of it, like Lewis McGrillen against uh, Wesley Meyer. Um, Brett John's coming up against Dave Kroll. Tom Brees against uh, Clayton Silver. And you've got Ben Davis there against Don Woodin. That's interesting. Ben Davis against Don Woodin. You've got an Irish geezer against an, uh, uh, an English geezer there. So for the atmosphere, it'll be pretty tasty, won't it? Yeah. But I think I can predict all the winners in that fight and and, and predict them relatively well, given the talent pool that it that is there. PFL is coming there's no doubt in my mind about that it's going to be incredible as this fats out a little bit as they put a bit more meat on the bones we're talking about a company that's what four years old five years old it's, it's still a baby it's still still growing and obviously they acquiring of bellator is a really positive thing it's another val- uh, valid option for a lot of fighters to go and get involved in over the next three to four years this is going to be a real force this thing yeah. matchup wise don't expect UFC just yet right down the card. No. but they're going in the right direction, man. I think there's three or four <laughs> fights here that I'm extremely excited to watch from yeah. a fight point of view.
0: Just a quick one that Ben Davis is out of that fight with Dominic Ah, oh. so He's fighting Kikadze Bonzo, uh, Bondo. So there you so, go. Then uh, it's even easier
1: to predict then now. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, listen. I think it's going to be worth tuning into because, as you say, this is the early days, the early stages of PFL, and there's a lot of young fighters on here that we're going to be cheering for and yeah. supporting for the next few years. Um, so that's absolutely why I'm stepping in. I, I know there's been a little bit of criticism over in Ireland about the quality of the cards, the quality of the matchups, but they, you know, a lot of these are tournament finales, and it is what it is. You know, if your if your bracket has got to certain superstar coming through well maybe that's because the pfl are using this as a vehicle to introduce you to the next generation this is almost the next generation style card if you think of it in the mentality of boxing so could it have done with a a bigger irish name in the main event i I don't know nate kelly personally i don't know how many bums he puts on seats but nate kelly versus Doritri salamis maybe is a little bit hitting the mark in terms of what they could have done. That's but, not
1: in the tournament, is it? That's not, that's no, just a, that's a standalone that's just, fight.
0: That's just a standalone uh three fives main event, yeah. Uh Featherweight main event. But listen, I don't know. Nate Kelly might fucking sell tickets for days. He could be like, you know,
1: he, he could have to play. absolutely is, I, th- I think it's hilarious that Nate Kelly starts the fight, starts the event, and, and Nate, Nate Kelly, Kelly ends it. Doing... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> there's only two <laughs> Nick Kellys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people are in for a good night, man. I think if you've got a ticket for it, you're in for a good night. Lewis McGrillen always brings it, so therefore there's going to be entertainment there. You know what you're going to get with the uh, with people like Don Wooden. Uh, Dakota De Chiever is a superstar, so you can be in that room when you say I saw Dakota De Chiever before she became what she ends up becoming because she's going to be mega. Yeah. Simeon Powell's in a proper fight. Yeah. Uh, John Mitchell, John, like I say, I'll stand by that. That John mitchell uh, Jacob Katsuba fight, that's a proper fight. And I think people will be on the edge of their seats uh, in that one. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. So good. Like you say, mate, early stages. It's exciting. Exciting times. They're investing big in European talent. That's a good thing from our point of view anyway. Mega. Uh, so fingers crossed. They, they have a night that, uh, that, that they're all dreaming of having. And uh, onwards and upwards. The zone, I think, isn't it. It's on the zone.
0: It's on the zone. Friday night.
1: Enjoy. Enjoy. There you go. Uh, that concludes our uh, MMA preview for the weekend. Uh, Apex is the destination for your UFC. 3 Arena is your destination for the PFL, uh, DAZN and obviously TNT Sports. If you are UK uh, uh, viewers, you'll be able to catch it on those two channels. Uh, Next week, UFC 296, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington is your main event. Uh, It's going to be an incredible uh, fight week. You know all the runners and riders that are involved in UFC 296. It's going to be carnage. Uh, The press conference alone is probably well worth being box office. Yeah. Uh, on that, hey, that's a thought, actually. We need to bring that up because uh, UFC 296 is on box office. And I've seen a few people chirping up on uh, on social media. Just want to remind you, we've said this on many, many occasions, haven't we? And I know that you're going to go, here they are. Here's the company, boys. Company men. <laughs> Here's the company, lads, now. To the company line. Go on, lads. Say what you've got to say. You know how this works. TNT Sports are contracted via the UFC to produce a certain amount of pay-per-views per year to the British and Irish audience. Uh, They have to knock out a minimum of two. Uh, So we've knocked out one early doors this year when Leon and uh, Kamaru obviously fought at 286, I think that was, wasn't it? At the O2 Arena. Um, And we have to put one more in. So it makes sense, I suppose, to an extent, with with Conor McGregor not fighting this year. Uh, to do the other British champion, yes, I know it's four in the morning or whatever it may be, and yes, I know that it's Christmas, and you've, you're all everybody's valid with it with their point, but it's a contractual thing. What do you want to do? What do you want them to do? Break the contract, so therefore it doesn't uh, materialise on on the platform anymore. It is what it is. You know that every single year there will be at least two pay per views. So when you've got one remaining and you've only got one pay per view. <laughs> uh, at the end of the year you kind of know it. it's going to be that one don't you you kind of know it's going to be that Um, and with all due respect right yeah I know it's a pain in the ass I know it is right? I'm not going to hide from that fact but look at the card man <laughs> the card's pretty tidy yeah it's fucking crazy from start to finish the main card anyway and obviously the prelims are going to uh, delivered to so tune in all next South
0: week cast.
1: We'll be there Shaft. on the ground
0: Shaft.
1: and uh, we'll hopefully get you uh, closer to the action throughout the whole course of the week. And then by the time it comes to Saturday night, you'll have had a bevy and you'll go, do you know something? Fuck it. I'm going all the way through with the lads. Bang. There you go. There's me 20 quid. Let's get stuck in. It's a guaranteed entertainment and it is guaranteed. Entertainment. Anyway, just thought I'd say that. Uh Just then my bosses at TNT sports like me again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway
0: the curtain jerker is randy brown versus muslim salakov watch right that back. and I, you won't be able to get your money out your pocket quick enough what a way to start any pay-per-view
1: hmm. it's gonna be a mega week um from our point of view make sure you subscribe to fight disciples uh because next week we are in vegas of course um and we're going to be getting you closer to the action the diaries will be back so you'll get to see all sorts of bits and bats I will take you to the Greatest Shepherd's Pie in Las Vegas. Yes, that's what we're going to be doing, 100%. -hmm. Uh, I know that sounds random, uh, but we're also going to be giving you opportunities to win stuff offers next week. So make sure you subscribe. It'll be available on our YouTube channel.
0: What did you say? Got a bit of breaking news here. When did this happen?
1: What's happening now? Can you verify it? Because I don't want you to say something and then someone to come at us.
0: Bryce Mitchell steps in on short notice to fight Josh Emmett at UFC 296. I saw that... Giga oh. is forced okay. to withdraw. Well done,
1: Bryce. Oh. Oh. Bryce oh. Mitchell, Josh Emmett at 296. I saw 296. The Giga Chikadze... pulling of the prelims. There you go. Top of the prelims. Mega. Uh, there you go, kids. Hey, it's all go here. It's all go. Uh, so make sure you tune in to us by subscribing via our... YouTube channel, and also via our website, fightlistythes.com. It's going to be action-packed. There will be a delay to the review show uh, at the start of next week because we are traveling, all right? It isn't because you've bought us a lot of beer. By the way, thank you for that. If you have bought yeah. us a beer, great. If you haven't, we've stuck the link back on our social media. Go on, get yourself stuck into it. Uh, we will promise to put the money to good use. Beer!
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is know. what it is, man. It
1: says it, it's exactly what it says on the tin. Get, get the hailing, man. So free, in it? You just bowed as a nail to say thanks. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via
0: iTunes.